I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Crash Couch. It has definitely been a while, but we are finally back to uh, resume our discussion of Season 4 of The Expanse. A little late, but hey, better than never, right? Uh, I'm your host, Chris McGuffin, and I have three people here with me today. First is Ian. Hey, what's up? And Ernie. What's going on? And last but not least, Joel. Hey, 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 it's Joel, I think. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Surviving. I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm good putting on weight. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen. I the had sun to shave off my beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yesterday we went. Speaking of not seeing the sun, yesterday we went on a family trip. So I got three kids, uh, and uh, it's very hard to keep them entertained when everything is closed. Like kids museum? Nope. Park? Nope. Uh, so we went on a super long drive up to Northern Washington yesterday. Um, and, uh, there's tulip fields up there and you can drive by and there's these like just acres and acres of tulips and they're super beautiful. Normally you can get out, walk around and like look at them, but you can't. So we just drove by a bunch of them and then found a super empty place to let the kids get out of the car and run around. Anyways, we're coming back down and, uh, we, there's this turn if you're if it's like the sun is setting and you you turn on it's on um uh, i5 uh major highway all down the west coast and if you hit this turn the sun just burns your eyes and uh i had my sunglasses on my head we turned the corner and the sound that came out of my mouth was the, it was the, it was really like ah, 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 and like i pull like <laughs> i pull my sunglasses down and i was just like oh my gosh the I'm term good. is called Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt like such a vampire. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that's my haven't seen the sun in a while story. Yeah, it's been raining in here case... in California too. It's kind of been weird. We get like a sunny day of seventy degrees, and then the the next you know six days are all just raining. It's it's been so bizarre over here. It's crazy. Well, it it snowed here in Nashville the other day, so that was really oh, weird. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because why not? Like, it was like 70 degrees one day, and literally the next day it was in the 30s and snowing, and it was just very odd. Last yeah, guys, thing I was expecting to see that day. I am from Canada, so uh, <laughs> yeah, just that, that makes me happy in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there goes Joel skating. Uh, skating <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With his hockey gloves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in case anyone's listening to this way in the future uh, or has no idea what we're talking about, we're recording this in the middle of the uh, massive world quarantine due to the coronavirus. Um, so that's obviously been a massive change in the world um, pretty much for everyone. It's weird for me personally because uh, my job is my personal job. 
like what I do on a daily basis can technically be qualified as essential, even though the business itself is not essential. But since then, we've started developing like those protective masks, not the medical masks, but just like the, the cloth coverings. And so now we're technically an essential business. So it means more a little, a little bit less restrictions on us as a business. But my like job has just not changed like really at all. I do the same thing every day, just like I was doing this time two months ago. Um, the only difference is I can't come home and go anywhere. I have to go to work and then come home and stay home. I can't do anything. So it's a very weird adjustment for me personally. But, yeah, that is really weird. Yeah. It's it's the hopefully- polar opposite of my issue where I am just constantly surrounded by people, the same people yeah. every day. <laughs> and hopefully we're in the middle of this pandemic uh, because if we're still at the start of this pandemic, that's going to be bad. Yeah. So, uh, we're trying to look on the bright side though, of this whole pandemic. And one of those things I think, you know, for anybody listening in the future or even when this episode releases, we may have some new Expanse fans, which I think is awesome and yeah. kind of brings out the fandom again and out of hibernation or Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's exciting and uh, you know, I'm kind of glad we're getting back to it. And there's some good coming out of the pandemic, even though it can be a little scary yeah yeah i think there's gonna be a lot of people adopting the bolter lifestyle and that's gonna catch on right (laughs) you know strap yourself into a crash couch watch tv or your monitors right okay (laughs) make sure you have like information screens in front of you uh yeah what more do you want coffee yeah yeah and obviously if you are a fan of the expanse you should definitely be telling people to watch it if they have an amazon prime subscription and need something to watch because why wouldn't you Completely agree. So uh, we're going to be talking about episodes five and six today. Uh, Not going to do the the whole scene by scene recap or anything, just sort of general discussion, what we liked and like things that popped out about these episodes. I don't really have to go in any specific order either. Um, I want to I I literally just finished watching um, episode six before we finish this because surprise, surprise, I've not actually finished the season yeah, no. I kind of got. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think just got super crazy at the start of the year. And um, obviously with we weren't recording this podcast regularly and um, I just had a lot of stuff going on, plus the whole virus outbreak thing. And it was just super weird. So I actually kind of forgot that I, I never finished this season. So it was actually kind of comforting to go back and, and watch um or re continue it today. Uh, but I just finished six and I've got to say, I loved the part with the water. I think it looked really cool and it kind of surprised me at how good it looked. I know some people on this podcast have uh, criticized some of oh. the, uh, computer <laughs> animation in the past. Yeah. But oh, God. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> I don't know. One little comment uh, from season one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I I thought it was very exciting and, and looked good, especially for a show of, of this magnitude. Um, not super high budget, but not super low budget. So uh, I that's just something I wanted to say, just since it's fresh in my mind. But we don't have to obviously sit here and talk about water for 45 minutes. Well, I thought it was um, cool. I mean, it was a very, like intense way to end the episode like it was like uh i was rewatching. i was thinking it's like an indiana jones moment you know yeah holding like he's, he's 
cranking up uh, the thing. Everyone's pulling on it. We got two different uh, whatever whatever geometry, math, algebra the term is for when you're using a crowbar to lift something up. <laughs> Physics, maybe? <laughs> Physics. Leverage? Leverage. <laughs> <laughs> algebra. <laughs> it's yeah. so technical. Yeah, so leverage. Right. We got the front leverage. We got the back leverage. Those are terms. And uh, I'm going to shut up. It was it was a good moment. You know, I mean, um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a good one. It got me there. Um, I know we kind of mentioned it on the first uh, episode of The Crash Couch, but we were talking about the move from sci-fi to Amazon. And I, I, I'm still amazed. And one of the things I was noticing is not, not only one, the graphics of the water and everything kind of coming at full speed, but... Uh, I think one of the upgrades has has been the color grading of the show. Yes. Um, when the uh, aftershock hit and they're in the uh, trailer and then when they go outside and see the debris, uh, it's kind of got this grayscale kind of tone mm-hmm. to it. But I, I just feel like everything has improved since the move to Amazon and, and the graphics. It looks like they spared no expense because it, it just looks beautiful. It It looks real. Yeah, I well, can't say anything more. I, I just have one caveat on this, okay? Everything has improved in terms of production quality and the looks, but not for our poor characters and, our, and the poor people actually in the series. <laughs> yeah. You know, shock waves and, and earthquakes and aftershocks and this uh, amount of water that's huge. I mean, what else would happen? Like, these poor people, what else bad bad things going to happen? Uh, well, I guess we'll find out in episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> it almost seems like biblical to me though you know where they're kind of being attacked by these natural disasters right like you kind of think of like the old testament and it's not that like i'm religious or anything but it kind of reminds me of those old stories uh noah's ark and even the locusts and all that stuff Mm -hmm. they're getting attacked by lightning they're getting attacked by these earthquakes and and this flood it's just it's all very biblical and and kind of trying to figuring out how this machine works on this planet that they have no idea what it does Right, so you have yeah. locusts from like the episode, the first episode of the season, or the second episode, right? Razor locusts, right? So that's that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of like the wandering lost uh, tribe of uh, of Jews and, and ancient or old Israelis. It's it de- it definitely Old Testament stuff happening. Yeah, well, I just watched uh, uh, what's it called? Um, the story of Moses, the Prince of Egypt, with my kids on Passover. And it's like just yeah, visually seeing all the crazy crap, um, and then comparing it to the show, it's a good good comparison. It's biblically epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on the backdrop of real life, this pandemic, it's like, who is government telling the truth? Who's telling the truth? You know, why is there politics going on? Hey, we shouldn't believe the scientists. We shouldn't believe the guy who mm-hmm. has you know this uh, projection going on in his head. What do they know? I mean, the the worst yeah. thing that we're facing is not having toilet paper. So I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. What would you rather have a massive toilet paper sor- shortage or a tsunami? Pick your poison. <laughs> I mean, there's the three seashells. <laughs> Everybody get that uh, reference? <laughs> I, I will say, though, I was, as I was watching this, and again, this is coming from someone who hasn't finished the season yet. I know you guys obviously have what feels like 
a lifetime ago at this point because 2020 is just dragged on. But it was really only what four months ago that you know th- three four months ago that this had just dropped. Yeah. So it's crazy. Uh, it doesn't it feels just, like it does not feel feels like, like years ago at this point. Uh, but as I was watching this, I kind of maybe it was just that mid-season lull, but season five really didn't do anything for me. And but season six uh, or uh, episode five didn't do anything for me. Episode six, you know, picked up the pace a little bit, mm-hmm. and it just it got me thinking how much I miss the whole weekly aspect of this show. And I I almost wonder if the writers are trying to still if they still have that in the back of their mind or if they're writing for a, like a, a season long arc, what I'm curious to what season five will be and how the two will compare too. But I did, I still got that sci-fi feel of, okay, I'm going to turn on the sci-fi channel at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday or nine o'clock on a Wednesday and watch it. And then I won't know what happens until next week because I, I do miss that, and I, I still think that the season was was written that way, especially episode five. So it has a lot more uh, a lot more character development, scenes that would probably previously be classified as filler mm-hmm. in the previous seasons, whereas now it's it has more time to develop because they don't have the time constraints of an episode or you know commercial breaks or anything like that. So yeah, that was one observation I had. I think it's uh, in in the. Uh the sense of being transparent even to our listeners it's it's kind of weird because there's like a fan side that i take and then the podcaster side that i take as a fan i'm excited that all the the episodes are getting released all at once you know because i'm always at the end of one episode especially this season for some reason it feels like there's a lot of cliffhangers mm-hmm. i'm always like what's going to happen next so there's that side of it but for the podcaster side, I do feel like, and I've used this term with Chris, it does feel like the the air was taken out of the room, like the tension that we had to wait, you know, for an, an episode the, the following week uh, is kind of gone now. And so I almost feel like when I was watching, this was what, back in December they released this? Yeah, um, yeah, end of December. Yeah, when, when it was December, I don't remember what happened much. I had to kind of go back and rewatch these episodes. Um, so it almost, I don't want to say it be, wasn't memorable, but it did feel like I didn't get to analyze as much as I, I would have in the past when it was a TV show being aired weekly. Right. No, totally. Yeah. There's, there's in the world of, of market research, there's a, a term that's top of mind, which I mean, is, is a pretty common term, but it's, it's not top of mind because you binge the whole season and then you're on to the next show and then you're on to the next show and you're on to the next show. And, you know, it's four months later. So I think I have to look it up. Our watch schedule had it going from like December to like late February, I think. So if you're watching it weekly, it's it's on your mind for two months as opposed to for a week. And then you just kind of forget about it, whatever. Yeah, I think it does. The show as a whole kind of loses its impact um, just because it's not you're not thinking about it as much. Mm hmm. I feel like it'd be one of those things where I wish it would change and for the next season just to kind of add a little bit more tension because these episodes feel like a tea kettle. Like everything is building and layering on top of mm-hmm. each other and we're waiting for the steam to, to blow. Um, for, Chris just noticed the differences between five and six and how much more tension was in six. Well, even in seven, eight, nine and ten, all that tension just keeps rising because 
it seems like the room gets smaller and smaller and smaller, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of cliffhangers, I was going to mention it too. It's kind of funny. Episode five ends with a giant fiery bomb, and six ends with a flood, which I yeah. thought was interesting. I will say that I it sort of brought me back to the time when I would go and watch the episodes weekly, especially when I saw the the episode five cliffhanger with the bomb, because I was like, I don't or the explosion. I don't know if it was a bomb. Um, but that explosion, I, I did not know what to expect. I was like, like for just a brief second, I was like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Wait, never mind. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's already already there. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting in the um, behind the scenes stuff. One of the um, writers said that according to their calculations, the explosion at the end of episode five was one eighth the impact of the uh, asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So it made uh, uh, a deep impression, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and he did say specifically. He did say specifically it was a um, a uh, fusion drive. Which I don't think, oh, okay. having finished the whole season, I don't think it's ever, like, they say what it was that exploded, other than there was a huge explosion. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's just, an they call, he called it an ancient fusion drive, I think is what he called it. It was almost, too, like, uh, I think they were explaining, because there's several mountains that were overheating. It was almost like it was cooling itself mm-hmm. to release that pressure. Giant zit. <laughs> Finally popped. I feel like a lot of these two episodes really focused of Holden and his crew or, or the, the not the action because actions not it, it wasn't just full of action, but all of the, the drama of it all, mm-hmm. I think, focused mostly on them. Uh, honestly, I had forgotten about Bobby and like what her storyline is because is, she was kind of featured a little in uh, episode six, but not a ton. And then we had Avis Raw in episode five, but most of the, most of what's going on is just focused um, with Holden. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it would make more sense if I would binge watch all of this together. But I kind of didn't like that everything sort of felt kind of spread out um, mm-hmm. and neglected. I mean, I've also not read the book, so maybe that's how it is in the books, or maybe they they give a little bit more uh, equality to it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's the pacing in a book is going to be more even than a show, almost across the board, because you don't have to worry about the visual aspects of things or, or, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I don't remember. It's been a while since I read, um, what is it, book four? Is it book four that's season four? I don't remember. Uh, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. I, there's aspects of it, I think, uh, book four or book five. I, I got to look it up. It's been a while. Yeah, same. Um, but how do we feel? I, my my opinion of Avisarella kind of changes this season. Like, I still, like, we love her, right? Because she's Avisarella. But you kind of see it's almost like the career politician that she's become. Yeah. Um, and uh, now she's finally top dog. And she's getting challenged now by Gao, um, who's almost... I don't want to say like the Andrew Yang because then it's like, well, you just called it Andrew Yang because they're both Asian, but like <laughs> a, like a younger politician that's like clever and smart and knows what they're talking about. And so yeah, I think it was is it episode five where she tries to call Gao for skipping a lot the skipping the line or whatever, and then, yeah, and then Gao's like, well, let me 
tell you exactly what happened to everybody I skipped and how I helped them, except for the guy that overdosed. Um, so yeah, that was kind of interesting to see Avicerella almost kind of fall apart. It's fun to see her uncomfortable because yeah. she is such a prominent character. Uh, my favorite scene happened to be when she's trying to do an interview and they're telling her to be um, maternal, right? like in a maternal a patriarch, and her husband's trying to help her like use simpler terms like people moving. Yeah, That scene makes me laugh so hard because mm-hmm. uh, it's not Alvar Sarala at all. Like She's very blunt, and, and, and yes, she is now a careered politician that she's almost not human anymore right. and like doesn't have normal human interactions, and that's very apparent with her conversations uh, through this whole season, even with her 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 husband, yeah. But that scene with the camera, I felt like really kind of displayed where she's at now. Like mm-hmm. she is so uncomfortable, and everything is backfiring on her. And it's almost like the new politician is is younger, more beautiful, and she's hungry. It's it's challenging her her stance on the mountain, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can get that too, just from from the scene where they're having like their discussion or their debate. Um, you you sort of feel the the tension in the room, like you were like like you're there almost. Yeah. Kind of kind of like the way that you do if like you watch like a political debate or something like that in real life too. It has that that same feel, and you can tell that there's the sort of the older generation versus the younger up and coming generation. And you kind of have to, to find the one that you either side with, or you have to find the the balance between them because there should be a balance, but um, you can, you can definitely tell that there's, there's something there that is brewing. I mean, yeah. which is sort of the theme of the whole season. I feel like is that this thing's brewing. And uh, from what I've read, I'm, I, I think that it sort of comes to head at the end of the season as you would expect. Yeah, you also have this notion about, you know, we got these new worlds through the gates. There's about 1,400 planets which we can explore. Should we just have a free-for-all and go for it? Mm -hmm. But there's dangers. We know there's dangers because these aliens created these things, and we don't know that much about these alien types, and and so we have to be cautious as well. So you see the old school versus the new school, right? Yeah. So, of course, of is very cautious because she knows the threat. She knows the danger. If you're a younger politician, ah, it's human nature. Let's just go and do it. We have people who's on basic. We can put them to work. Yeah. No, One thing you just sort of made me think about, Joel, is how um, you see the scene where you see the the two groups sort of arguing and Holden's in the middle and he's just trying to to break it up and, and find the common ground. But Obviously, both both factions have their their reasons for being there. They have the right to be there, whether or not you agree with it. And it makes me think again to real world um, comparisons about how you have these people fighting over two things when there's like a a big catastrophe coming, and it's it it takes that for them to just put aside their differences and try to work. But even still. You see uh, Murtry come, and he's like, "Hey, if it comes down to to one or the other, it's going to be us." Like, you, yeah. I hope you realize that. Yeah, and it it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I'm 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 always somebody that I like to find the middle the middle ground if I can. I don't really like to take sides unless there's just it's like blatantly obviously one obvious one is better than the other. 
I didn't like the fact that he he still has this in the back of his mind. But then again, that that is his character. Yeah, yeah. that's so as complete his character. Does make sense. Well, one of the things and, I was noticing too, though, is that I feel like the season has been about point of views, and everybody has a certain point of view about a certain situation, which is a, one being on this planet. The Belters are just trying to find a new place to live. They don't have anywhere to live. They're just trying to look make a little money so they can kind of settle down. But then you have Mercury, who's pissed off that these people are there illegally because they don't have the contract. But also his point of view from his friends being killed. And then you have Holden, who's got this savior complex, who's just trying to figure out this whole thing with Miller and the proto-molecule. I like that there's different points of view about the same thing. And it's actually probably one of my favorite things of why I loved Black Panther so much, the Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Killmonger's point of view wasn't wrong. It was just the way he went about things was the wrong way. I, I do feel like Mercury, yes, eventually more kind of drags out about his motivations. But his motivation isn't wrong. His friends were were murdered. You know, from these these belters, but the belters were also just trying to say, like, hey, come on, man, let us have our space and let us have our own. So I feel like the point of view of everybody is correct. It's just that middle ground is so it's hard to find. And mm-hmm. yeah, the only thing that brings them back together is, well, they're about to be wiped out by a, a big giant wave that they can't ride on a surfboard. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's a couple of really good. Uh, lines from Mercury between episodes five and six. I think in five is where he goes, uh, he's, of course I'm the bad guy. I guess I just have that face, which is hysterical because that actor totally has the bad guy face. So the bad guy everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that line made me crack up. Uh, and then the next episode, he he's, walks up to Holden, just kind of, there's the whole gunfight after the two RCE people are taken hostage. And um, Mercury just kind of walks up and he looks over at Holden and goes, I'd ask you what your opinion is, but honestly, I don't give a frick. Which I love that line because it's just like, oh, this guy is a bad guy. He's a bad guy, but he's doing what he's good. He's getting paid to do, right? He's a top-notch security guy. Of course, he's not going to trust people. Of course, he's going to protect his own people. Of course, he's, there's a, a brutal tribalism going on, right? We're going to feed our people before these people. But also, right? he's got a bad guy's face. He, bad guy's face, and yes, he's a jerk, and yes, he has this bias thing going on, which is obvious, right? You may say he's even, uh, I don't know, Racist or prejudicial towards uh, non uh, UN people. Yeah, terrible. I like that we have a new bad guy though, just because Aaron Wright is now kind of out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Mercury looks like a bad guy. He like Ian said. He you mentioned the line where he's got that face, but he is clearly just somebody who like points needles in my skin. Mm-hmm. You know, every time he shows up on screen, you just want to punch the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny because Amos, what Amos is feeling every time he's around him, it's like same thing I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that we have Mertry because he adds so much tension. As soon as he's on camera, you feel it. It, it just, it's a great chemistry as far as uh, acting ability goes because he's really good at being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting to see his his second in command way and her relationship with Amos. Um, how she has another really good line in five where she just she's talking to Amos and she just goes, "You're so freaking weird." Like, it's, yeah. it's just I love someone telling that to Amos's face. Um, but I like them too because they're both in a similar situations where it's like, okay, so we've got this, I guess, Romeo and Juliet thing going on or whatever. And uh, as soon as my boss tells me to kill you, I'm going to kill you. 
which is just interesting. Yeah. yeah. Which is even funnier because at the end of uh, episode six, uh, when they're going down into the um, into like the ruins, mm-hmm. uh, as he is going down, she kisses him. He's like, what was that for? And she said, just in case. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a will. Will they won't they forbidden love type thing. Mm-hmm. He never thought like Amos could find his soulmate, you know, because he's, he's, yeah. he's so weird. He really is. He's a weird guy. Especially in, I, I think it was an episode one, he's asking about what Ava Sarala was wearing. Yeah, uh, I still think that's my favorite line of the whole season. I just want to know what she's wearing. <laughs> but uh, yes, that, True Love does, Wake, does a six. Yeah. 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 Way's a good, uh, you know, yin yang to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's yeah. just as weird, too. She's kind of cold blooded in the same way. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another scene uh, that I, I kind of liked. It's just. Um, one of those ones that's not really anything to do with the plot, but I love seeing um, who's his face Ashford watching the video of him with his son. Oh and yeah, that was really really cool. Um, and it was really interesting kind of seeing him let his baby just like float in the air. You know, yeah. it's just mm-hmm. kind of a cool look into like I don't know what life in space will be like when it inevitably happens. Yeah, <laughs> Let, letting your babies float. <laughs> yeah, sounds like, like that would be incredible. Just like. Because I mean, I think about it now, right? I got number four coming in August. It's like you got to hold the baby, which is fun to do and nice. But how nice would it be also to just like let it go in the air and it's just <laughs> go yeah. off and do something else for a minute. <laughs> right, Come Ian, back your baby's become... going to be in the same place. Yeah, but my question is, Ian, are you going to become a space pirate? Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Don't know where this <laughs> world's going to take me. Ashford makes it look, you know, Ashford uh, makes it look cool, though. Yes, <laughs> he does. He does romanticize it. It's funny because, like, I feel like the song he was singing, and even some of the other songs that the Belters sing, very sound very much like Irish pub songs to me. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. It, it it does, and uh, yeah, it, there's a tie there with the OPA and the IRA. I, I can see the link from season one, mm-hmm. definitely. So maybe somebody could could clarify it for me. And I again, I haven't seen episode four in a while what was the deal like what's bobby's storyline again and in, in as it relates to five and six like she gets she's with like the black market or something right pretty much yeah so she's a kind not i guess almost being blackmailed into doing this job yeah uh, with the guy who's like the with the with the cops and so yeah they're doing this this yeah you should call it black market gig to go and uh, strip these. It's not retrograde. What's what are they doing to the Mars? They are moth bombing, bo- bombing all the all the military stuff, right? So uh, put it on storage, right? Well, yeah, but they're okay. also they're shutting down. They're shutting down these towers. The, the one that she was climbing. Uh, oh, right. And the towers are terraforming. Thank you. That's what I was saying. Not retrograding. Terraforming. And and this is also interesting. I, I made that video a while ago with the differences in the intros. And episode six is where. Uh, after episode six in the scene where you can see those towers uh they are now all off for the rest of the season which is kind of interesting but yeah so they're basically going into strips and parts to sell in the black market i think she was blackmailed into it because it was her mm-hmm. nephew right yeah. or something like that she was just trying to save and then i think at a certain point it becomes about money for her because she loses her job uh because she's kind of got that black mark on her her record for not signing the deal which was to kind of lie about what happened and mm-hmm. why she did the yeah. things she did against Mars. But I mean, from her standpoint, even from the viewer standpoint, she was doing it for Mars. 
but yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of interesting because you're starting to. S- I hate Bobby's role in this whole thing, just because I feel like she's such a badass, and I like to see her in space doing her thing. But her role is very essential because you're starting to see the connection now of why even Mars and even what's going on with Marcos is is starting to connect and mm-hmm. what's going on with there and how the Belters are starting to get Martian technology, which is starting to be mentioned. I believe in six, they started mentioning that whole thing. Yeah, they did. One thing that I noticed too, and it it's kind of surprisingly bugged me this season is the lack of space, like in space action and drama. Like most of what we're seeing three of sort of the four main storylines and main group of characters that we're following are all at a look like on a planet at a specific location. Like they're, they're not in space mm-hmm. and I kind of miss the the space travel and going to different locations instead of just staying on, on one the whole time. And again, they're obviously following a book, so they have to go by the book. <laughs> um, and they, they can't go, they can't, um, divert too off course but it's it's kind of made me a little nostalgic for seeing all of the the cool space travel and the ships and everything that was going on in past seasons um it's still very fun to be like filming at a at a real place obviously with you know effects and and background shots added and whatnot but it's not just a green screen or a a spaceship set that was physically built but I do hope that in the following season, we we sort of get off the ground and back into space or at least travel to more locations. And it's it it doesn't just keep going to planet side sets the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely lacking in this season. Uh, but but I mean, it makes sense because we're dealing with a new planets. So I guess it would make sense yeah. that we spend time on those planets. But there is a lot of the cool um, well, one of the things that makes me so uh, excited for the future of space travel, whether or not I get to see any of it in my lifetime, I'm assuming I don't. Definitely not at this level. It's so grounded in reality that it's just so cool to see anytime there's anything mm-hmm. going on in space. It's it's awesome. So yeah, I kind of feel you there. By the way, I wanted to mention the whole thing with the eye infection really just irks me so much because I don't like Why? things with eyes. Like oh. <laughs> I could watch any surgery you know, on YouTube and be fine. But if there's something <laughs> like eye surgery, I like freak out. So seeing this green eyeball infection start to appear. Yeah. It just ugh, gives me the creeps. Now that's, that's happening to more than more than just the doctor character. Right. Because I think I see like a, a child uh, in the ruins, like wiping his eye. Yeah. That all gets and... fleshed out later on, but okay. But yeah, it's, it, you could kind of see it starting to spread and they're not sure exactly what it is, except, when she did that cool eye scan, uh, Okoya did. She did the eye scan, which I'm, you know, Ian mentioned. I think uh, he likes seeing the technology being used and how it's being done. That's kind of a cool scene, but kind of see it. This is a little just green sludge in the eye. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. I, Especially I'm now that it's allergy season. season. I didn't like it either. <laughs> Especially now it's quarantine season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're quarantined, and I just spent a bunch of time up with in the, the tulip fields. So I was wa- rubbing my own eyes yesterday, sniffling, sniffling my nose. When <laughs> I watch this, I'm like, oh no. You know, I really like Okoye's character, though. I want to see more of her, too. Like, she's just one of those ones where you put in that category. Mm-hmm. No, she's, she's a great character. I feel like she's Sam. 
insane compared to everyone else around her. Yep. But she's very much a scientist. She's curious. So she, I mean, she keeps asking Holden the question, like, you know, you know more than you're telling me. And mm-hmm. it, it, it does come off very authentic in the sense of, of science. Like you always have questions. Yeah. And she doesn't care about the politics. She just wants to get to the truth. Go science. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I don't know how I feel about, um, everything with drummer and Ashford. I know we kind of touched on it already, but I feel like if any story should have been maybe focused on a little bit more, it should have been that one. Cause I, it, I find it a little, and maybe it's just because I'm watching so sporadically and I'm, I'm not benching it, but I feel like they don't devote enough time to what's going on with them. I, I feel like, like, I mean, they went a whole entire episode without, even having them in any scene mm-hmm. and then they bring him back and I'm like, okay, well I'm trying to remember from two episodes ago what was happening. Like maybe something should have been thrown in episode five, even just like a, like a throwaway scene almost to sort of just remind us of what's going on. Cause that's if I, if I can critique just the show in general, um, like a, a big critique, it is that it can get a little confusing at times. If you, if you don't pay attention to the characters and, their factions and their motivations. Um, I don't think that's always really spelt out probably the, the way it is in the books. Um, Cause I know, I know the people that have read the books have a much easier time with it, but uh, that is probably my only major critique so far with just the show in general, but this season, especially um, I've actually, one good thing about having it streaming is that I can watch with subtitles and I can see uh, pronunciations and spellings and and hear things better um, than I could if I was just watching it without. Yeah, I uh, agree with you, Chris. Uh, yeah, and their, I agree too. Yeah, their chemistry is so good together because they have different opinions about the same thing, and their arguments mm-hmm. are very intelligent in the sense too, because they have the same goal, but sometimes their their philosophies don't match. Um, so I do agree with you. I, I wish we could see more of them on screen. I think they deserve their own spinoff uh, series myself. <laughs> they need to have like a good cop, bad cop type drama. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Buddy, uh, you know, buddy cop drama. I can see that. It'd be great. And I know I like the complicated nature of the expanse. Yeah, you have to pay attention because if you don't pay attention, things don't make sense. I yeah. like that. I like to be challenged. I, I will say I think that once the show wraps up and concludes, it will be a massive thrill for someone to go and just watch it all the way through from start to finish. I think there'll be a little bit of bumps bumps in the road with you know transitions between uh, formats and and whatnot. But um, otherwise, I think it, like it's confusing now. But to someone that's going to watch it later, it probably won't be. Yeah, I agree with that. One last thing um, I wanted to mention, too, was I kind of feel like The Expanse has taken a little bit from a show like The Man in the High Castle, which is also an Amazon show. Um, for those of you that have, have seen it, and I think you have, you guys will have to correct me. I don't. I think some of you have watched it or have started watching it. I have, um, yeah. I have. Okay. It's very character driven too. Um, some episodes are very dull. Some of them are, are very, very fast paced. 
have a lot of dialogue, a lot of just, you know, world building and character building and, and stuff. Um, I think that season four has that same characteristic to it. And it, it kind of makes me wonder if that was intentional, if it was just ac- accidental, or if it's just a coincidence. I don't know. I mean, you guys have, have seen The Man in the High Castle, too, so I don't know if you could provide an, an, any insight into that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think you're right. You know, I've been watching some Apple TV shows because I got it for free because I bought an iPhone, and there's commonality on the production, how they do the production, so how at least the final product comes across. I'm not sure if Amazon is purposely doing that and trying to have some sort of vibe to their shows. But The Man in High Ta- Castle, uh, I hope that, like, I, I think that it's unfair to compare the two. Uh, I can see the point with characterizations are important. But unlike The Man in High Castle, outside of probably season one, right, because it's based off the novel, mm-hmm. uh, there's an entire series of the expanse. We're just waiting for the last book. So there is a roadmap, right? So if you read the books, you know that there's the plot. Whereas I think by season four of The Man High Castle, man, it got weird and it got stupid, in my opinion. And they're just were making like huge plot leaps and all that. And it just it just it lost what it was trying to do from season one. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, Joel. Uh, I lost so much interest in Man in the High Castle. We never even finished the last season. Didn't care. Like we got yeah. probably four episodes into the last season. And we're just like, why are we watching this? And what happened with that is because, of course, they got canceled the last season, so they had to wrap up the storyline very, very quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time, unfortunately. Fire. Almost happened to this show. Exactly. (laughs) Well, is there anything else that you guys want to want to bring up? I think maybe just quickly want to mention, too, I kind of like finding out about what happened with Naomi from her side and her point of view. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a kind of an important character development because we always knew, you know, there was something where she had a son and now she's kind of off doing her own thing. And that was a very touching scene in the sense where she she still got a lot of pain from it. And why not? You know, it's a very painful moment in her life, but she's using it to do good. And she even inspires uh, Lucia to use that pain and kind of prove to her daughter that she still cares about her and what she's doing. She's trying to figure out what she's doing. Right. And it's kind of one of those things where like, you know, I kind of had a bad childhood and sometimes I blame my parents in real life, you know, but also they did their best. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the yeah. way I see it. And, uh, it's inspired me even to, to be a better father to my own son. So that, that scene for me, especially being a parent, like kind of meant a lot to me. Yeah, no, I think that's important. And that's another thing too, is just speaking about uh, being a parent. That's what in kind of snaps uh, Lucia out of her wanting to die. Uh, It's when Alex is like, don't make me tell you that I let you like tell your daughter that I let you die. Um, So that was, yeah, that was a a powerful moment. Yeah. She can't even die. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, which exactly. is fine, she says to her. Yeah, I mean, it honestly, <laughs> kind of looked like a peaceful death, maybe just slowly bleeding out in space. Floating yeah, how I, how I, I read that is so she uh, she took the the dressing off her wound to purposely mm-hmm. kill herself. So. Yeah, and then she didn't want to be saved either, so it was just very heartbreaking. Obviously, she doesn't get her wish, but yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what a very happy note to to end the episode on. (laughs) 
Yeah, not sure about you guys, but I need another nap right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this quarantine day. life's just rough, man. <laughs> I had to go support a local donut shop this morning. <laughs> life's rough. All right, we will uh, start to wrap up the show then, I guess. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can do so at Crash Couch. I don't tweet too much there at the moment just because there's honestly not a lot to go on. Uh, not not a lot to tweet about, but I will promote this episode as soon as it goes out. Uh, I encourage you to do the same. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at The Curse of Chris. Uh, Ernie, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at your buddy Ernie. And then I just recently brought back my podcast, Talking Earnestly, which right now I'm not doing the serious conversations that I was uh, originally intended, but I'm doing watch alongs. Since everybody is doing quarantine right now, I figured I can have a little conversation while watching a certain movie and people could pop it on and kind of have that conversation. That's kind with of a us. fun idea. So, there you yeah. go. Good way to put it. Ian, what about you? Um, I, for the longest time, would say follow me at Ian the Beard on Twitter, but I just don't really use that account much anymore. So now uh, you can follow me at Bearded ASMR. Don't worry. I don't just tweet about ASMR, but I do sometimes. I feel like most of the time when I see your tweets, they're not about ASMR. So do you ever tweet about it? Occasionally. I mean, so essentially, I started a YouTube channel uh two nah a year and a half ago or something like that and i haven't uploaded anything to it for like a year but i still do a ton of like uh i help a lot of people who start asmr channels just because i'm just being an audio guy and i've kind of turned into like a go-to dude to just help people and i've made a lot of friends that do asmr and so uh while there's a large kind of community i'm a part of on that Twitter account, it's also just become my general account for everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, last but not least, Joel. Uh, I can be found on, on Twitter at Joel underscore Welch. And I do a little, uh, I don't know, how would you describe my podcast? Quirky. Quirky is a but, great yeah. word for it. Yes. The sci-fi podcasts. We usually get an episode out every two weeks. And uh, nowadays we upload it to YouTube the following day. So you can get it as a podcast. So you can get it. As a YouTube video. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, uh, I'll actually be able to resume my podcast, Chasing Fandom, at some point here in the future. Uh, Between everything that happened last summer and then the fall being busy and then now this year being busy, it's just been very difficult to find time to to devote to little side projects that I I always have great ideas for. But hopefully that'll be... Um, something I can start up soon. So we'll all have our own little own little projects. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I think that'll do it um, this time. Uh, if you are somebody that, that wants to rewatch the episodes with us, um, next time we will be discussing episodes seven and eight, I think. Yep. So um, I, I don't know what we'll do if we'll do a, a nine and ten, probably a, a seven and eight, nine and ten again. So... Um, sort of keep it just like we are now uh, if you have any anything you want us to talk about from those uh, episodes just tweet it or send us a DM um, I will see it if that's the case so uh, I think that's everything so uh, we'll see you all next time and thanks for listening take care bye now take care